0: Welcome to the Possibility Podcast. I'm Mel Schwartz, your host, and hopefully your thought provocateur. I've been practicing psychotherapy and marriage counseling for over 25 years. And during that time, I've been so blessed to experience and witness countless breakthroughs of the people I work with as they actualize and summon new possibilities into their lives. I've written several books, including The Possibility Principle, which is the companion to this podcast. On every episode, I'll be introducing new ways of thinking, relating, and communicating to help you reach the possibilities that you may long for. Think of this as a new game plan for living. Please make sure to go to zoomwithmelschwartz.com and check out the new courses I'm offering on Zoom. The next one up, which is starting shortly, is called Cultivating Intimate and Resilient Relationships. Thank you for joining my community of possibility seekers and please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. We are in a series of episodes now devoted to relationship, the heart of relationship, what gets us into trouble in relationships, providing a rethinking, a new education about what we need to know to thrive and arguably one of the most important endeavors in our lives. Remembering that nothing is probably as challenging and potentially as wonderful and gratifying as relationship, but as a universal denominator, we all seem to struggle. Today, we're going to take a look at one particular aspect of what gets in our way, and that is simply the need to be right. The innate instinctive need to be right, the mindless debate of right versus wrong is utterly destructive to our relationships. Whether we're talking about romantic relationships or friendships or even family relationships, the relationship typically began with some level of harmony, particularly romantic relationships. We all perhaps fell in love. There was a harmonized energy, a sense of oneness. We were on the same team. We were in sync. We resonated with each other. Early in the relationship, we didn't default to the competition, the individualism, the separating of the right versus wrong debate. Why do we do this? Well, it's about a retreat from the sense of oneness where positivity, loving energy, harmonized energy keeps us both afloat. I think that the tendency to fall into this right versus wrong is probably ancient. It goes back to Aristotle, Aristotelian thinking was called either or thinking. Well, either or thinking separates reality into two different compartments, black or white, right or wrong. Well, when a relationship starts to look like a debate team, whether it's a marriage or a romantic partnership or friendship, it doesn't work out. On a debate team, you're trying to win. You're not trying to connect, to have empathy and compassion. Right versus wrong is about the need to win. Think about it. If I need to be right, that means I need to make you wrong. Now, how is that possibly going to work out? It can't. Part of the debate around right or wrong moves into making corrections. If she says to him, You know, you're never thoughtful around asking me to make a dinner date, and he needs to make a correction in that moment and says to her, Well, that's not true. The night before Valentine's Day, I asked you where you'd like to go. Ask yourself the correction you're making, the defending of self, the reacting, does it really matter? What does matter is that she feels upset, sensitive. Her perception is that you don't care about those things. We need to understand the feeling underneath the accusation. So first thing you do is when there's a right or wrong accusation and it feels emotionally charged, take five seconds. Just let yourself take in what's being said and don't react. Five seconds allows you not to be reactive, but actually to respond. Responding is sensible. So a response might be, I want to understand how you feel. I'm confused. I feel like I do often give thought to asking you out to dinner or making plans with you. But obviously, you don't feel that way. Help me understand how you feel. That is empathy. That's moving into the other person's shoes. And then the way it's it's part of trying to validate. Validation is often misunderstood. By validate, I don't mean I agree with you. You're right and I'm wrong. You have to get past that binary right or wrong. Validate means I care how you feel. I may not appreciate or understand why you feel that way. That's why I need to evoke curiosity. So in the case I'm using or illustrating, it would be clearly you're hurt. You feel put off. I'm not understanding why. Help me see. You're coming back into oneness. What you want to ask yourself in moments like this is, what does my friend, what does my sibling, what does my wife, what does my boyfriend see in me that I don't see in myself? That is a key to trying to validate. Now, when you do that, you start to shift the energy of the relationship from declining or destructive toward caring, compassion, and empathy. Another piece to move into in moments like this is around the concept of shared meaning, which I describe at length in my book, The Possibility Principle. Shared meaning would be don't react to a word. But move into the word and make sure you both mean the same things by that word. I've used examples like she says to him, you have no idea how to be intimate. And he gets angry and says, I don't. I certainly do. You're the one with the problem. Time out. Nobody has a shared meaning of the word intimate. Are we talking about the emotional intimacy, verbal intimacy, physical or sexual intimacy? Pause and not in a debating way, and not in a prosecutorial way, ask, what do you mean by that word? I want to make sure I understand and appreciate what you mean by that word. You've heard me say before, you don't really have the right to say to someone, I love you, if you don't care how they feel. Underneath these right or wrong arguments are feelings. We need to move down and try to understand and elicit the feeling. So very often, when we encounter conflict in our relationships, the energy of the relationship tends to spiral down very quickly. And when we are in this down cycle, rather than pausing to understand what's happening, we fall into that reactive debate, right or wrong. And this non-rational instinct is ruinous. It sets up a no-win scenario. No-win, because the winner loses. Again, if I need to be right, you need to be wrong. A right wrong debate in relationships is a lose lose. A more sensible goal is to try to turn the tide of negative energy that you're both experiencing. So, how do we do this? We want to shift back into a healthy, collaborative, and supportive experience that simply requires shifting your mind. Now, this shift is counterintuitive. We have to let go of a reactive impulse and quiet our mind. Picture Envision just putting your forefinger across your lips vertically and imagine shushing yourself for five seconds. Quiet your mind. Tune in. You want to re-enter a positive energy field. Now, this doesn't mean you're abandoning your position. It simply means you're trying to care and validate what the other person is experiencing. You see, if I try to appreciate and care about the upset of the other person's point of view, I'm shifting the energy. When you connect empathically with your partner, it's the most powerful thing you can do in these troubling times. I said partner. It could be a sibling, a family member, or a friend. This turns the tide from competitive separation back into an energy field. that's harmonious. Now, another way to shift the energy of your relationship is to express typically unexpressed positive feelings. That shifts the energy entirely. If I accidentally stepped on your toe and you said, ouch, I'd say, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on your toe. Well, very often, we don't mean to hurt one another's feelings or upset them. It's unconscious. It's beneath our radar. And again, it doesn't mean we did something wrong, but they feel hurt does it matter to me that they feel hurt? Now, let's shift gears. If you're the person who feels hurt or upset or troubled by something, it's essential that you try to communicate it in a way in which the other person is not defensive and react. How do you do that? Don't make objective statements. Don't start with the word you. You are, you always, you never. This will fall on deaf ears. How can you say it? I want to share something with you and I hope you care how I feel. That's a good opening. That's a good preface. I feel troubled. I feel hurt. I feel upset. I want to talk with you about it. I hope you'll have an open mind and listen to what I have to say. That's an invitation. How do you do this? Begin your sentences typically with I, not with the word you. Another thing to do And you may have heard this on previous episodes of my podcast or read this in my book, The Possibility Principle, is we have to be careful about the to be verbs. The to be verbs are, is, am, be, been. These verbs make objective statements of fact. And so in an argument or a right or wrong, typically we hear you are, I am you are followed by a negative. I am followed by a positive. A relationship of all things has no room for objectivity. Well, I shouldn't say that entirely. There are objective things that happen that are not debatable. But the heartbeat of a relationship is not about objectivity. So you are insensitive. You're a son of a bitch. You are so uncaring. Do you think those words are going to be met with an open mind? No. I am so loving and considerate, and you're such a jerk. Where is that going to go? Try to say those without using a to be verb. I feel so caring and sensitive. Very often, I feel that you're not tuned in to me. I feel that you don't really take my feelings into concern. Now. There's no to be verbs in that statement. And notice the difference. I feel is a subjective perception. There's no right or wrong debate. I didn't realize you feel that way. Help me understand why. How did you come to feel that way? You see, that's a shared inquiry. It's a human interaction. So be careful about your language. Pause. Think, how can I communicate this in a way so that it can be taken in? whether you're the accuser or the accused. More importantly, the goal is to get past, to transcend accusing and accuser, accuser and accused. We need to transcend that. That goes nowhere. That is either or right versus wrong thinking. Step into the subjective experience and give yourself a few seconds to respond rather than react the heart of a relationship is caring about our feelings. Don't correct. Don't make minor corrections that are irrelevant. Ask yourself, does this really matter, this correction I'm about to make? It probably doesn't. But for growth, new understanding, caring, compassion, and empathy in moments like this, it's essential that we avoid the pitfall of right versus wrong. Now, this may be a case of easier said than done. It's instinctive. It is rooted into our culture. It requires mindfulness. It really does. So to break that instinctive reaction, remember, give yourself five seconds or four seconds. Resist the temptation to be right, no matter which side of the debate you're on. Break the instinct. Give yourself a few moments to be responsive, to summon the other person into your energy field and into your feeling. If you try to win, you're going to lose. You'll both lose. Let go of winning. Let go of right versus wrong. Tune into feelings. Tune into speaking subjectively. Give yourself a moment or two and think about how to enroll the other person. Here's a tip on that. It came from an article I wrote called Learning to be Heard. If you think the other person is going to be reactive, upset about what you're going to share, devote a few sentences to enrolling them. And that might sound like this. You know, I've been struggling with something I'd like to talk to you about, but I've been hesitating doing it because I think you're going to get angry and it's going to go nowhere. So I, I just don't know what to do. That will usually prompt the other person to say, no, it's okay. I want to hear what you have to say. And it will mitigate Their tendency to be reactive. So provide a few sentences to enlist the other person instead of jumping right in. This is one of many communication messages and strategies that I plan on sharing with you in the upcoming episodes and learning the art of relationship. And it is an art form, it's not a cookbook, but nothing's more important than learning this art form. And if you'd like more on this, or you'd like to really jumpstart your learning, go to zoomwithmelschwartz.com and check out my upcoming Zoom interactive seminar. It's a four-series class on cultivating intimate and resilient relationships, starting shortly. Thank you. Be well, be safe, seek harmony, and I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Possibility Podcast with me, Mel Schwartz. To learn more about this episode's topic and other similar subjects, please be sure to check out my book, The Possibility Principle. Your feedback is always welcome. You can comment on this or any episode of the Possibility Podcast by simply visiting melschwartz.com and clicking on the podcast link in the menu. You can also reach out via email to mel at melschwartz.com. The very best way to make sure you never miss an episode of The Possibility Podcast is to follow the show and subscribe for free in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll get new episodes as soon as they're released. And while you're at it, please take a moment to rate and review The Possibility Podcast an Apple podcast, or the podcast app of your choice. Ratings and reviews help raise the visibility of the possibility podcast, and that makes it so much easier for new listeners to discover the show. So thank you for your honest review. Thank you for listening. And until next time, have a great day and keep summoning up all those new possibilities that await you.